When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Trey Strolko from the Sons of UCF, joined by Eric Lopez of the Black and Gold Banneret. Welcome to Around the Kingdom. Elo, hello to you. Hello, Trace. Coming up on the fastest UCF show around, UCF Georgia Tech. Who's George O'Leary rooting for? Plus, where would Trace take a recruit on UCF campus? We'll find out and much more on this edition of Around the Whole Kingdom. I guess I'm going to have to come up with some answers to those questions that you posed. <laughs> uh, before we get going, let's welcome in the third member of our team. He is Adam Eaton from the Sons of UCF. He watches the clock and corrects us on all of our mistakes. Adam, hello. Gentlemen, good evening. I, I sense a grumpiness on this particular episode of Around the Kingdom. I'm hoping that that changes. I'm sensing a grumpiness. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Nah, no grumpiness. No grumpiness. We're just Trace, has done, multiple, Trace has done transfer multiple. Portal. Uh, Trace has been positive for two episodes. He's due for a negative episode. <laughs> All right, Adam, we will check back in with you. All right, Elo, this yeah. should be the time of the year when we're focused on the bowl game, the meaningless bowl game that UCF is playing in against Georgia Tech. But it comes amidst the hustle bustle of the holidays, as well as, as the influx in and out of the transfer portal. And oh, by the way, early signing day is around the corner. What is the most important of these three events during the month of December? I can tell you it's not the bowl game. Bowl game's a distant third on that one, which for all you bowl lovers, that you know, speaks volumes. But, look, I'm going to still say it's signing day because you, you can't get 50 players in the transfer portal, although Deion Sanders will try at Colorado. But to me, you still got to build your foundation in the portal. And I think in UCF's case, you're not going to be able to outspend teams from the SEC and Big Ten with recruits. you got to build a nucleus with – you know, your recruiting class. So I think this signing class is still the most important. The transfer portal is one of those to me where you you, you add p missing pieces. But to me, it's the signing day. I think we are in agreement that the bowl is the least of the importance uh, right now. And I know for UCF, it's six and six. They want that win, the momentum, the extra practices, all those good things that go with being in the bowl game. I think UCF, as well as these other schools, are still trying to figure out the right balance here. And that is the allocation of dollars, right? You know how much you're going to spend to land those early signing day players. And then that determines how much you have left. But before then, I would argue keeping your existing players long before you even dip into the portal to acquire new players. I think the whole influx of the portal 
I think I put that slightly ahead as they still try and figure out the right balance between existing players uh, and the incoming freshman class. So I think that's a difficult balance. And I think UCF struggled with that to some degree last year. Well, I think college football, the, the, the calendar is a joke. When you consider you've got signing day on December 20th, you got the bowl game that week, you got the portal still involved. To me, Trace, that's absurd. They should have kept signing day back in February like it was. So uh, it's a joke. But you know, they did it to themselves. Uh, Chorus, you mentioned the transfer portal, UCF, trying to get a quarterback. Grayson McCall, Coastal Carolina, was at the basketball game, ladies and gentlemen, this Sunday with UCF and Old Miss. We're checking out UCF as we record this episode. No official decisions have been made on where Grayson McCall would go. Uh, Trace, I'm going to ask you, what would you want to show the recruit? Where would you take them if they were in for a visit? I wouldn't take them to a half-empty basketball arena where there were no students in attendance. We joked about that while we watched the game. I mean, unless he's a big basketball fan and wanted to go to the game, how was that a compelling environment uh, to bring him? I mean, there was some excitement in that game, but it's just all Johnny Dawkins' Dawkins' fault, Elo. They, they lost on. the game. We'll talk about that a little. There are a lot of things to do in Central Florida, but I would take him off the beaten path. You got to throw in a theme park somewhere along the line, and as long as the weather cooperates, some sort of beach. But how about Gideon's Bakehouse for those pound half pound cookies that they have, or? Kelly's homemade ice cream. I take him off the beaten path for some of the local flavors uh, to entice him as well as theme parks uh, and the beach, but certainly not a UCF basketball game. Can we afford the theme parks? Those are expensive trace. I mean, I don't, I mean, do you know some hookups that we're not aware of? I do agree. Look, Orlando's like the number one destination, right? For There's a lot of things to do. Check out the nightlife. Uh, you know, if the Magic were in town, like the Magic were on Monday night, set it up where he can go to the Magic game, you know, in the NBA or things like that. If Orlando City could have been hosting the MLS Cup. Oh, that's right. They got eliminated way a long time ago. <laughs> nice Point is, that. theme parks, uh, restaurants, I do agree with you. Take them out to best food places. And believe it or not, maybe take them out to the golf putt-putt. Some golf athletes like that. Uh, basketball game. Uh, I would not have picked that. I would have picked maybe a Big 12 game, but you obviously can't do that. Uh, that'll be for the other reason. Yeah, certainly. And as well, the more you know about the particular player and their interest, you might be able to do some things along those lines. Does the guy like to fish, boat, like to be out on the water? I would gear those things, right? You mentioned it. Were the world vacations, uh, you want to give the uh, athlete as many opportunities to experience Central Florida, remind them of the temperature in Iowa uh, and in Kansas this time of year, and uh, why they Just, would well be, be, be careful there. Work. Well, then you got to make sure you do not have Eric Burris on your TV station because the weather could be lousy oh, here every wow. time. So that would not help recruiting at all. You know what we need to do? We need to get Buddy Dyer. Can we fix downtown Orlando? You know that way you get to see go some of the places there, bar themes, maybe sports restaurants. Maybe that's where you think. We're social engineering downtown Orlando a half hour around the kingdom. Bottom line, I don't know that UCF seals the deal, bringing him to a half-empty arena to watch UCF men's basketball. That is all I'm saying, and that's what we talked about uh, during the game on Sunday. All right, we, we ranked it a distant third in priority behind early signing day and the transfer portal. But, oh, by the way, UCF is preparing for a bowl game coming up on Friday, December 22nd, against uh, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, that is 
uh, known for having George O'Leary as head coach. Who do you think Coach O'Leary is rooting for in this one, uh, where he was in the Hall of Fame, Coach of the Year, all of that at Georgia Tech, or his other school that he's in the Hall of Fame, Coach of the Year, all of that, UCF? Uh, to me, it's a no-brainer. He's going to root for Georgia Tech. He's going to say all the nice things. Oh, I root for both teams. I'm a fan of UCF. Nonsense. He's going to root for Brent Key, who was on his staff, and it was the guy that he handpicked to take over the program until the program imploded in 2015, and it didn't happen. He's going to root for Brent Key. He wants Brent Key to do well, and I, he doesn't have ties to the staff here at UCF, so Secretly, I think he will root for Georgia Tech, even though publicly he'll say, "Oh, I'm on the, I'm, I'm not rooting for. I'm, I like both teams." I do think he appreciates what Brent Key is doing at Georgia Tech, but his legacy, what he's going to be most known for, is what he accomplished at UCF. How many ties do you think he still has to Georgia Tech? How beloved is he in Atlanta and amongst the Georgia Tech fan base? Uh, of course, you could make the argument, I don't know how beloved he is amongst the UCF fan base either. But I think his bigger impact was on UCF. So I think he will lean towards the Knights. I don't know if he has a statue at Georgia Tech like he does at UCF, to your point. However, Brett Key is his guy and his staff. He's going to root for him to do well. I think he still goes to practices at Georgia Tech. Do we know if he's been to a UCF practice anytime soon? I know he was at the Baylor game. Uh, being honored for the 10-year anniversary. But I bet you he's been to more Georgia Tech games than UCF. If only we could get somebody to interview George O'Leary, maybe somebody on this network, to get him on and get answer some of these hard, difficult questions. George wins either way, Elo. Yeah, that's at least to him, anyway. He'll be honored at the bowl game. Now, I mentioned Brent Key. Brent Key, of course, the head coach at Georgia Tech, was the longtime assistant at UCF under George O'Leary and was in line to be the coach in waiting, uh, perhaps as soon as 2016, until, of course, we all know what happened in 2015. My question to you, Trace, what if Frank mm -hmm. Key would have taken over for George O'Leary, whether it be in 2016 or beyond, how would that have gone with Brent Key as the head coach at UCF? The what if is tremendous, though, right? Because you know everything that else that happens. Uh, so often we've heard well, a terrible... Uh, 2015 year they go 0 and 12 but of course that gives you Danny White it gives you Scott Frost and the rest is history all of these years later it is an interesting proposition would he have been ready uh, longtime assistant coach very familiar how different would the system have been uh, would they have adapted we certainly wouldn't have gotten the UCF fast and the UCF fierce and all of those things that came with Scott Frost I imagine that he would have had a rocky transition and and that's why it never came to be I feel like Brett would have been a seven and five, eight and four coach. I kind of think that's what he's going to do at Georgia Tech, which he's is good at Georgia Tech, right? It, especially, well, yeah, especially the way George is doing with Kirby Smart. I mean, you take what you can get if you're Georgia Tech. I mean, what saved him there? Remember, uh, Jeff Collins got fired. What saved him was the fact he was able to pull off some upsets. He's an alumni there, but you would not have gotten the undefeated 2017 season. You would not have gotten the offensive dynamics. You would not have gotten all the, the pizzazz from that 17-18 at all. So I think, unfortunately for him, as brutal as 2015 was, remember he was the offense coordinator, it all fell apart. It was the best thing that happened to UCF because it made them bring out an AD and Danny White who changed everything, and it was for the best for UCF. I don't know if UCF is in the Big 12 today if all of that, if Brent Key would have been the head coach, honestly, uh, Trace. 
Scott Frost gives you Mackenzie Milton. Brent Key doesn't give you Mackenzie Milton. We know how important KZ was to that season. And he learned a lot in order to become a head coach down the line with Georgia Tech. So he needed that for his professional development as well. It turned out the way it was supposed to be, but it is a fascinating what if. Uh, let's bring back in Adam Eaton. Time for some silliness in our silly game segment. It is always time for that, but it's also always time for a sultry spirit, guys. If you're looking to add a little bit of magic to your next event, the sultry spirit can take your party to the next level. There are bartenders specializing in creative twists on classic cocktails, making every sip unforgettable. Imagine for a second, you're sitting around your house, nothing to do, just refreshing to see if a certain quarterback with a mullet's coming to your school, and you say to yourself, what I need here is a stiff drink. You're going to want to call the Sultry Spirit, have their mobile bartenders come to your place. They'll set up, they'll shake up the perfect drinks for you and all your friends to, to commiserate and refresh your Twitter feeds to find out what's happening. Uh, but you can only do that if you go to you get to contact them and do that by following them on Instagram at the Sultry Spirit or give them a call 941-567-7062. If you tell them that you heard about them around the kingdom and sons of UCF, they will give you 10% off and they'll give you a special gift. So Drown your quarterback NIL portal sorrows with the <laughs> sultry spirit today. Gentlemen, speaking of NIL, I've got some interesting, a couple of uh, two-part questions right here. So we're going to start off with this one. Eric, this, is, this one's going to be for you first. Trace, you'll go after Eric. I'm going to put the answers on the screen, though, because there's a lot here. So if you're watching, you'll see this on screen. If not, I'll say them out loud for the audio audience. Eric, what do you think, rank these in order of importance, a recruit coming to check out a school today which of these five things do you think is more important to the recruit? Rank these in order of importance to them. NIL, playing time, scheme, location, or prestige. Recruits today, which do you think is most important or least important? I think NIL is number one. I think playing time is number two. You can argue it's 1B. I think location is – I'm going to say scheme is number three because certain players want to ex excel in the scheme. I'm going to say locations four and then prestige five. Trace, how do you rank these? What's most important to today's recruits to what's least important to today's recruits? NIL 1, NIL 2, okay. NIL 3. <laughs> uh, NIL uh, and everything else, a very distant, uh, you know, uh, distant second and beyond. Playing time, I, I think we saw with, you know, a guy like Jordan McDonald, it may be not as much about NIL deals as much as he wants to play the game that he loves. And so seeks out a, a location that works better for him. I'd put location, geography, as more important than scheme because I don't think that they get to uh, uh, checking out UCF if it doesn't work for them to begin with. So I don't think UCF's recruiting them. I don't think they have a mutual interest if it isn't a scheme that works for them. Prestige. Eh. How many dollar signs can you spell in, you know, with prestige? So it's all NIL. I, and, and I think it's going to be interesting, the questions we ask of these athletes and, and – press conferences going forward since this now is the game i'm interested i i'm a little less interested honestly in hearing them say for the love of the game and they have something to prove how much money did ucf offer to get you here that's that's what i'm most interested in now there is one s in prestige trace you can turn that to a dollar sign all right obviously coach malzahn taking a little bit of heat folks want action in the transfer portal right now they want they want movement so let's do a quick little report card trace i'll start with you I want you to grade Gus Malzahn in these four areas as a coach, as a recruiter, as a GM, and as a fundraiser slash face of the program. Give Gus a grade right now today in these four areas. Oh, boy. 
Well, this is one that been a nice day, a little advanced notice. <laughs> nah, it's more fun this way. <laughs> um, coach B minus, B okay. minus to this point. Recruiter uh, A minus. I think they've brought in some talent uh, on his watch. Uh, GM uh, B B minus. I don't think this past transfer portal was as strong, uh, and I think it knocks him down there. Fundraiser face of the program, A minus. Elo, for you. Wow, this is. Uh, I will say this. I think as a recruiter, if the class that he has next week stays intact, it's an A minus, right? Like it's going to be the best recruiting class ever. Let's see if it keeps stays intact. If it does, it'll be their coach. I'm going to say B. Uh, he's got to be the bowl games there. Uh, I'm going to say B. I, I'm going to go there. Uh, G, GM, boy, I don't know. I feel like that's still to be determined. I think it's like a new No, title. you got to give him a grade. <laughs> gotta, no, we can't get incomplete here. It's a no, that's not a choice. The portal's not even over. I'm going to say I'm going to say oh, C. I'm going to say C on the Whoa, GM. Oh, C. I'm going to say a C. You went from incomplete to C. <laughs> well, I mean, takes, it, it's not. It has, you know, some of these haven't panned out either. Uh, you can't ex hit on everybody. Not a high batting average. So I would say face of the program fundraiser. Ooh, well, I mean, he he told Trace, you know, how to spend, you know, how to donate to the program. So I'll give him I'll give him an A minus just for that. The way he really sold Trace on it. And we went out and didn't get a quarterback. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the silly ones. You guys talked about where you would take players if they came to UCF. I want to know, Elo, if if an organization was recruiting you. And they needed to take you someplace to really kind of wine and dine you to, to seal the deal for you. Where do they need to take you? What's what's the spot that you can take Eric Lopez to really impress him to sign with your organization? Definitely. I, I would go, wow, there's a, a few good options. Definitely. Uh, and if there's an NBA sporting event, give me that. Right. Okay. Give me a, a really expensive restaurant. All right. Let's do that. And then there's an establishment that I will not mention uh, because it's a family show, but, uh, you know, it's an adult see. entertainment club. Elo, is that what your analogy here? I mean, if you want to get close, <laughs> Hey, entertainment, baby, let's go. I mean, <laughs> I, was, I did I, not expect that. I said, I said enough. one Elo planned a weekend trace. Where, 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 where can we take you trace to, to really uh, woo you for an organization? Uh, well, now that the magic are hot, I, I might be interested in going to a, a magic game, but, uh, a good roller coaster theme park would, uh, certainly interest me for, uh, central Florida. And I agree with Elo high end uh, dining establishment, good steak place, uh, would be on the list. Uh, let's sneak one last one in Christmas coming up right now. Trace, I'll start with you. If you could get one artifact from UCF athletics history for Christmas, what would you want? You get one thing for a Christmas gift, a UCF athletics artifact, something from the history of UCF. What would you want? The real civil conflict trophy. It's mm, a good one. Elo, what do you, Elo, you probably been thinking about this forever. What's, what's Elo's one piece? Elo's probably of, got it in one of the boxes. <laughs> <laughs> what's one piece of memorabilia you want? Ooh, that's a great question, Adam. Boy, you're on your top of your game you. today. You. Uh, you got me. You got me and Trace kind of backpedaling here a little bit. I love it. I would. I'm gonna say. Ooh, can we get like a conference? I want a conference championship trophy. Uh, from eat from football and softball. Okay. Those are probably to go, more with, to go with your championship softball rings. It's correct. <laughs> collectors. Yeah, it's collectors. Probably more doable than the civil conflict trophy. <laughs> sure. Probably worth more too. 
All right, Adam, we will rejoin you in a few. All right, so far, Elo, no bowl opt-outs, which has been interesting. UCF's got a couple of practices in the book. Coach Malzahn said that the Knights would get in 11 practices. You know, they get 15, a lot of it because of the December 22nd bowl game. We've been talking about players. We saw a couple of these players at the basketball game. I saw R.J. Harvey kind of incognito with a hoodie on, kind of try to blend into the – by the way, picked the wrong place to blend into the student section. He stood out in the student section. Oh, come on. Really <laughs> hey, big Bay happy he was supporting the basketball team. Come on. And Tremont Morris Brash was there as well. Are those the easy, the obvious choices for offensive and defensive MVP? Can you make any argument for any other players at those – uh, position groups, offensive and defensive. Not on the offensive side. It's got to be R.J. Harvey. He Who would be two? Who would be two? Could, John Rice Plumley. can you make an argument? Didn't play enough. I didn't mean, he got enough. hurt, right? Like One of the wide receivers. Can you I, make I, an I would, argument? I, I go with one of the offensive linemen. I might go with one of the offensive linemen there, to be honest. Take your pick there uh, with the flexibility. I'm going Corey Thornton for defensive player. He was the most consistent player on the team. He graded out as the best on pro football focus. Every week, Trace, we've done this show. We either complained and, and talked about the, the, the issues on the defensive line or on the linebackers. We hardly ever mentioned him or the secondary, partly because teams are busy running the ball and things like that. But he was consistent. I would go with him as defensive uh, MVP. That'd be my argument. What about the argument for Jason Johnson, who's consistently, you know, another 100-plus tackle season, steady Eddie. He's been there for a couple of seasons. Pretty consistent player in his time with the Knights. Was he as good as last year? I mean, that would be the question there. Comparable. Uh, I don't think there's a drop-off there. I mean, a heightened level of competition, and he still stood out. Yeah, I maybe. You could make the case because he was the reliable linebacker on, uh, for sure. But to me, I'm going Thornton. I know that's a sensitive deal since he's in the portal. Uh, but I would say him. But there's some other defensive linemen. I'm not sure Brash would be the number one pick for defensive line if he went that direction. So I don't know. One guy in Corey Thornton into the portal, and everybody's still remaining on R.J. Harvey watch. That's correct, R.J. Many, many watches. Speaking, Trace has alluded to this basketball game that he has criticized people for attending, even though him and I were there. I criticized people for not attending. Well, that's a good thing. Well, that, that, I mean, you're telling me you shouldn't bring recruits in. I mean, it's uh, what's going on there. UCF lost a heartbreaker, 70-68 to Ole Miss, who, by the way, is now ranked 25th in the coaches' poll with a 9-0 start on the season there. Knights had a chance at the end, didn't get it done. Uh, Trace, your thoughts on the UCF loss here to Ole Miss? Are you more encouraged or discouraged moving forward? More encouraged. I am uh, not shy about saying that I support and think uh, Johnny Dawkins does a good job with what he has. You and I tend to be in agreement. A lot of the fan base, the more vocal on social media and the message boards, disagree vehemently with that. And I threw this term out, got a chuckle from you during the game. Moral victory. I mean, two-point loss. They were four of 22 from three. Struggled a little bit at the offensive line. I think Ole Miss is going to be kind of like a team that they will see in the Big 12. You mentioned that they're ranked 25th now uh, in some of these uh, publications that follow the Big 12. We've got the Knights ranked 12th, which is not last, which is where they are projected. It encourages me for the season that as, as they come together more, that there are some victories to be had on that schedule where a lot of doubters say that they won't get many. Defensively, and the effort and the physicality they brought in the second half against Ole Miss was very encouraging. I thought that was really positive to see that. I think they can carry that over into Big 12 conference play. 
the, the concerns were they had their worst shooting uh, from the field the whole season. That's one thing. But you missed 12 free throws in the ball game. had your worst three-point shooting on the season. But 12 missed free throws, Trace. This team is shooting 67%, I believe, from the free throw line. 68, actually. That's eight, nine percentage points below last year that was in the mid-70s. That's a concern because you're going to lose close games if you if you miss free throws. Agree with you. But, you know, if you just improve in those categories just a little bit, they beat Ole Miss, right? That's all. And the Ole Miss game would have been nice, though, to cancel out the Stetson loss. But still tonight, six and three, a couple games left uh, before the start of Big 12 play. Speaking of Big 12 play, Elo, Gus Malzahn on this six and six season, that includes three and six in the Big 12. Who wins more Big 12 games, Johnny Dawkins or Gus Malzahn? Remember, Knights projected 14 out of 14 in the Big 12. It would take four wins to surpass Gus. How you feeling about that after you saw him in person against Ole Miss? I still feel good about it. I think they can pass the, that mark. Again, defensively and the depth that they have, I think could win some games there. You just got to shoot the ball a little better, whether it be at the free throw line from the perimeter three-point line. Chris Beard, the Ole Miss head coach, said they focused on stopping the UCF three-point line, and they were successful. Does UCF have a counter offense, Trace, when you play in the Big 12 and teams try to take away your best options? That's going to be interesting. But I, I'm encouraged. I think they will have more wins than football did in conference games. Four, five, more than five? I thought that's a good number. It's a good number. Five? Yeah, I still think five is the – uh, is the over-under on this one. And I am encouraged by what I saw. You know, you take that Stetson, you can't take it out, but if you could take that, if they win that game, I don't think fans are as sour on where they are. And they did play Miami competitively. Uh, they closed the gap in the second half and on the road. So I, I think they're, I don't know where these wins are. You look at the Big 12, you follow it, where they are in the net rankings. I mean, they got so many teams ranked in the top 25. No, it's insane. Uh, it's insane. It's, it's absolutely insane. And the quality of basketball we're going to see, nothing like it ever before uh, on the UCF campus. And we got a quality game Sunday in that Ole Miss game. That was a good game. Uh, a little bit of back and forth. UCF could have easily won that game. My concern is I think the room for error is not big for UCF. They have to get production from their bench. they got to shoot the ball well at the free throw line, and they got to shoot the ball well from the three-point line. I actually think defensively they've made improvements after that Stetson game where they couldn't guard the three-point line. We'll see. And got to stay healthy, which has oh, been yeah. a little shaky so far fair. in the non-conference part of the schedule. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. Got to finish strong, though, here at this before conference. Still got three games. All right, so there you go, UCF. Uh, we've got now women's hoops. I forgot. Who, who couldn't forget? Best start in program history, 8-0 after a win over New Orleans and breakfast with the Knights Monday morning edition, 11 a.m. tip, folks. Trace, you buying or selling women's basketball? Best program start ever. Eh, what is the strength of schedule on this best start? Included in this eight no start is Division Two, right? Is that what uh, Anderson, Anderson? Yeah, is yeah. I am more encouraged by men's basketball not finishing 14th, surpassing Gus Malzahn's Big 12 win total that Johnny Dawkins will do, than I am women's basketball. Just a couple games away from the start of the Big 12 slate for them, they projected as well last in the big 12 I, I i'm not overly impressed i'm not buying i'm not buying let, let me see it against the big 12 i think the slate's been a little easy so far 
since you asked, their schedule strength as of Monday is 325th in the nation. There's 330 Division I college basketball programs. So, Ooh. hey, we're, we got tougher schedule than five. So we don't know anything about this team, and we're not going to know anything until they get into Big 12 play. But I will give something positive. Shout out to Layla Jewett. Seven three-pointers in the win against New Orleans. One shy of the school record. She was at Coach Abe. And I remember Coach Abe and that staff, they said she would be the next great guard they would have. And she's having a good year after being injured last year. There you go. Elo, what could have been Clemson, your men's soccer NCAA champions. They beat Notre Dame 2-1. to one. You may remember a couple months ago, it was UCF men's soccer, first game of the season. They give up a goal in the first 25 seconds at Clemson, but rally back. They win 2-1. Should have been UCF in this finals. Could have been. Should have been, Elo. Can we claim something, Trace? I mean, we beat Clemson. We beat the national champions. Is there a banner that they can hang? I mean, Terry Bodger needs to look into the camera and say something. Right? Um, look, I said it at the time. That was the best regular season win in the history of men's soccer's program, the best win in the Calabrese era. It does sting, right? Because it's like, man, we beat the national champs at third place. What if we didn't, you know, we could have we could had some home matches. It's a what if year, and it's. It just adds a little like, oh, what happened at the end? It's a bummer because it's an incredible win for the program. And you're like, oh, what if? I'm looking forward to talking to Coach Calabrese about that and how he watches that game and what goes through his mind as he sees Clemson celebrate uh, that title. But uh, Clemson, your NCAA men's soccer champions. All right, let's bring, bring back in Adam now. Uh, to illuminate us on what we may have gotten wrong or educate us with some facts, Adam. You guys are usually pretty solid. A couple of fun facts I have for you, though. Eric, you talked about uh, the transfer portal. As of right now, Deion Sanders, who you mentioned, Colorado, the number one uh, transfer portal class in the nation after one week. So maybe, just maybe, he, he can rebuild through the portal. We talked a lot about Grayson McCall and what his uh, off-the-field activities would be. On the field, he's actually a pretty good player as well. 88 touchdown passes, 18 rushing touchdowns. 69% completion percentage, although it's looking more likely as though he will not be a UCF Knight, but stay tuned for that. George O'Leary, fun fact, while he was at Georgia Tech, 51-33 and 33 at UCF, 81-68. and 68. So spent more time at UCF and obviously has more wins at UCF. Uh, you talked a little bit about the offensive MVPs. Can I interest you in a Javon Baker or a Kobe Hudson? 43-966-6 uh, and six for Javon. 42, 8, 53, and 7 for Kobe. So they're they're right there, really comparable stats. Trace, I know you uh you're, you're talking a lot about the basketball team. I would point out for Grayson McCall, North Carolina is only seven and two. So North Carolina State only seven and two. UCF not far behind. So if he's rating basketball programs, maybe we have a chance to uh to recruit uh Grayson McCall. Uh, Eric, basketball stats for you. UCF shooting 31% from the three-point line. Last year they shot 35%, a little bit of a dip there. Shooting 68% from the free throw line. Last year, 77% from the free throw line. So certainly those are areas of a concern. And shout out to Caitlin Peterson, women's basketball, averaging 19.6 points a game. She's put together a really impressive run early in the season, guys. All right. Thank you, Adam. One more thing, Elo. Hit you with all of the names and the iterations of the Gasparilla Bowl. Did you know that the Gasparilla Bowl is the third bowl game to be played in the Tampa Bay area? Do you remember the Hall of Fame Bowl that became the Outback Bowl that is now the Relia Quest Bowl? But do you know, Elo, the first bowl game ever to be played in Tampa? It got played for seven years back in 1947, the Cigar Bowl. Cigar Bowl. Cigar Bowl, 1947 to 1954. 
was played in Tampa, and then some 30 years before what would become the Outback ReliQuest Bowl, the Hall of Fame Bowl was, you know, brought I'm back. assuming that it was a, we had a trophy with, like, looked like a cigar. Is that the winner? <laughs> the Cigar Bowl. Back before bowl games had sponsorship names attached to them. Look for new episodes midweek, every week on the Sons of UCF YouTube channel, dropping later into the audio feed. We thank Adam Eaton for all of his help. For Eric Lopez, I'm Trey Stroko. We thank you for being with us for Around the Kingdom. Sports Social Podcast Network.